hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. Let's dive in. Quick disclaimer, guys, I am not a doctor and this content is not intended to be a substitute for professional hey medical guys, advice. Just a bit Always of seek the advice of your physician. Episode with Cynthia. The HA Society opened on Thursday last week and I have decided to only open it once a month. So the HA Society is a group where women come together. We do weekly community calls. There are events every week with a different kind of practitioner whether it be in mindfulness whether it be a dietitian and we just all bond and connect over our HA recovery journey it is not a program or any kind of step-by-step course it is just a community think of like a Facebook group but on steroids that you can just be face-to-face every week and ask questions directly to other women who are going through what you're going through So I decided that 
I want to close the group every month and only open it for one week a month because I really want to be able to spend time in the group, investing it in the group and really making it the best it can be. So now I only have to, you know, announce and go through the member welcome process and everything once a month versus um, every single day, which I feel like is very, you know, in line with all of our period and what I've also decided is not just to open it uh, on you know an arbitrary day of the month which I totally could do but I wanted to have some fun and open it on every new moon of every month because 50% of us cycle with the moon apparently and I just think it would be really cool to if you want to join start this new thing on the new moon it just it just symbolizes new beginnings so the next new moon is October 16th so the HA Society is currently open if you're listening to this live and it's going to close on Friday evening uh, US time which is Saturday morning Australian or Southern Hemisphere time so if you're interested make sure you go to the HASociety.com and join before then otherwise you can still go to the HASociety.com but you'll get on the wait list and I will email you directly and let you know that it is open again. So head on over thehasociety.com and join up today and we'll see you in the group. Okay, guys, have a good day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the HA podcast. I'm very excited today to have Cynthia Donovan with us. She is a period nutritionist. Cynthia, welcome. Thank you for having me, Danny. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really excited as well. The response we've been getting to uh, just the first few, I mean, we've only released four episodes now, but just the first few episodes with, you know, professionals who know what they're talking about is just so, so valuable to all of the listeners. So I know that this is going to be a really, really helpful episode because we're going to be getting into mindset shifts and a lot of the common things that or inner dialogue that we have with ourselves And something that you do so well is help people make shifts to that inner dialogue. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about you and who you are and how you got tangled up in all of this mess? All right. Thank you, Danny. So yes, to make a very long story uh, a bit shortened, because I think I could talk about my entire journey um, for 50 minutes, um, I will keep it short. So um, I was diagnosed with hypothalamic amenorrhea or missing periods um, many years ago, probably about um, six or seven years ago. And um, I had no idea that I had it, but my background was I was always the fit girl at the gym, Cynthia, the healthy dietitian, you know, the girl that was so disciplined, the girl that was so healthy that I actually drove myself unhealthy. Uh, my period was gone and I wanted to have babies and it wasn't possible without um, my period unless I um, sought fertility treatment. So um, 10 years ago, I became a dietitian for, I would say at the time I didn't know it, but for the wrong reasons. And I, I was putting people on diets, helping them achieve, achieve weight loss. Uh, mm-hmm. But through my own struggles with disordered eating and twisted views on what healthy really means, I came to find the true purpose of my personal life and professional career, and that is helping 
all of you out there uh, recover from missing periods uh, through changes in the way you eat, changes in the way you exercise, and also through um, stress management. So for the past five years, I've helped women across the world regain their period, find balance with food and exercise so they can really live the life they were meant to live. Oh, I love it. Um, that last bit really resonates with me as well. I feel like that's so much of it is my mission as well. You are, you just don't realize how much of life you're missing out on. And I mean, I go off on tangents about this on a few of the other episodes, but how we think we're not interested in those things anymore that we used to be like creativity and socially socializing and stuff, because we put it aside thinking we have to be dieting and exercising (laughs) and we just forget that we have this whole other life that we were meant to be living totally and that was I love it the epitome of me where sorry I can't hang out tonight gotta wake up early and go to the gym um and Mm -hmm. you know I I don't want any woman out there to feel guilty about this because when it's happening, you you are really only trying to do the best for yourself. You're trying to get healthy. You know, you're trying to follow society's norms, but yet those society norms are the things that are driving us to this unhealthy place of missing our periods. As a period nutritionist, what makes you different to, you know, a regular or we'll say nutritionist who just specializes in all the things and takes on clients for all kinds of different health concerns? That is a great question. So um, for me, like I mentioned before, I, I was I was that general dietitian where I put people on diets or maybe they had an upset stomach and we talked about dietary lifestyle changes and all that. Um, so really for me as a, a, a nutritionist who really specializes in missing periods, um, it's completely different because I am helping you eat more. I am helping you um, really realize that all foods are good foods. There's no foods that are off limit. There's no foods that are bad foods. Um, And that food is just food. And that exercise should be joyful and it shouldn't have to be in your every single day life for you to feel complete as a person. So, you know, other dietitians or nutritionists, you know, um, I, I can't speak for all of them, but they are diet related. And unfortunately, that's what we were taught in college that, you know, you put people on diets, energy in versus energy out. And that's what makes somebody, you know, a healthy, healthy individual. But, you know, I've come to consider myself uh, a non-diet dietitian uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, all foods fit and all, all movement is supposed to be joyful and you're not supposed to feel guilty if, if you eat certain foods or don't do certain exercises. Right. So it takes a, you take away a lot of the morality behind food and exercise and yeah, I love that. Okay. Thank you. So a lot of nutritionists then would typically come from a place of like, here's what's up with you. Here are maybe the foods that will help you uh, go for gold and eat these things and take these supplements perhaps. But with what you do is a lot of, I suppose, coaching, would you say? Yes. Yeah. yeah which, which I feel like is a little different to having an appointment with your nutritionist is a bit different to like working with the nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And I would love to dive into the mindset shifts for clients because this is huge. Like some of the 
majority of the DMs I get are like, hey, I really want to recover. I know what I need to do. I'm eating all this food, but I just can't get past the insert mindset issue, right? Like I can't get past the opinions of others impacting how I feel about myself or I can't get past like feeling anxious about not working out or like I eat so much every day and I feel sad like this is so so common and I said recently to a friend like HA recovery is easy it's the mental side that is hard Absolutely. so would you be down for us to go through a couple of I guess uh case studies of, yeah. of like common questions. Absolutely. Okay. And I, okay. I do you bring up such an important point because we most of us do know that we need to eat enough. We need to rest our bodies and de-stress. So we know that is the recipe for a period, right? Uh, but it's that mindset shift, that that mental aspect of it. And so that's what I do with all of my clients is we really dig deep why did you lose your period in the first place? So we start there and I say, you know, we work on that and then the period comes. So it's almost like a bonus. You get a period and you get to heal your mindset and not worry about having to lose your period again in the future. So yeah, so let's let's dig into that a bit. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay, at the end of the day, so these are all ones that everyone has thought before, almost everyone has thought before. So you get to the end of the day, HR recovery, you've eaten all the food, just like you're, you know, supposed to, you've fooled your body. But now you've just, you're sitting there and you feel like you ate way too much. And all of this like guilt is setting in and this uncertainty and this fear. What do I do? Yes, this is a very common thing and really great question um, that we'll go over. So really for each woman, when she starts her her period recovery journey, it's different. She could be at a different weight. She could be in a different mindset um, when it comes to food. But really, you know, in the beginning of HA, chances are we're definitely not eating enough um, and we're eating very, you know, clean or a strict diet. So you know, we often will feel extremely full because we are not used to eating those specific foods or that amount, you know, of food. So ways to really, you know, fight that is to focus on high calorie foods. So I'm just going to give you a little bit, you know, of advice and then talk about the mindset shift, but really focus on those high calorie foods, you know, such as whole dairy, nut butters, avocados, things that will pack more calories in a a smaller amount so it won't leave you as as feeling so stuffed uh, because that could trigger, like you said, a lot of feelings. Uh, Avoiding lots of vegetables. Uh, Most of us uh, that have been through HA, uh, we really like vegetables. And so, you know, avoiding those for now temporarily and air foods like rice cakes uh, or Mm. chewing gum to curb appetite. So that often creates a lot of bloat, but a simple mindset shift is this food is going to help my body be healthy again. So in, in almost saying that to yourself over and over, or it could be something else that really resonates uh, with you. Like this food is my medicine and you know, this, this too shall pass this feeling of, of feeling full, um, shall pass. So those are a couple ideas, but I like to tell, you know, all the women out there and clients of mine that this period recovery is like learning a new language. So you're used to practicing this language of diet mentality for 
however many years. I mean, I've had women 20 plus years, you know, have been thinking a certain way about food and nutrition. And now we're trying to switch this mindset. So it it takes a little bit of self-talk and a little bit of repetition uh, to learn this new language of non-diet mentality and that all foods fit and that sometimes we have to feel a bit uncomfortable before we can get to, you know, that, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely resonate with this one a lot. And like, for me, it's like waking up in the morning and still feeling full from last night. You know, I'll be honest, I still struggle all of the time with these, with these thoughts. And I'll be like, when I wake up in the morning, I should feel hungry because I just, I haven't eaten since dinner, but I ate such a big dinner. And so now I don't feel hungry. And so now I'm like anxious about it. So those thoughts of those types of mindset shifts have been really helpful. And like you said, eating more of the smaller, but more dense meals is so helpful. And it's funny, everything you said is basically just the opposite of what we have been told to do, right? Eat high volume vegetables so that you get filled up. And, you know, there are a lot of calories for not Oh, it's a lot of food for not a lot of not a lot of calories and mm-hmm. yeah so it's really challenging everyone's beliefs there I love it okay to go with that one feeling anxious about not having exercise today and I guess like leaning on exercise as a stress relief yes this is I, this was an issue for me when I was, you know, knee deep in my exercise addiction where, oh my gosh, if I didn't exercise, my day was off and it was <laughs> stressful. It just set everything off if I didn't get my workout in. Uh, but exercise in period recovery is something we need to be super mindful of, um, that we're not doing a lot of, or the wrong kind, such as hit or very high intense, um, cardio. So it's really imperative that we avoid this high intense exercise and also lengthy exercises because I do encourage women, okay, well, you know, stop the hit, try to do, you know, gentle walks, but then I have women that will walk, you know, six miles in a day. So really it's not only the intensity, but also the length of the exercise. Uh, but like I said, it could totally emphasize here that emphasize and em- emphasize that going to the gym, if I didn't get there, my entire day would off. And it was my stress relief. So it was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to de-stress without mm. going to the gym? So really, uh, my approach to that and what I usually tell women is that you need to find other things to do to fill your time uh, with a new hobby. And that is a non-movement hobby. And I know at first it's difficult because your your life may revolve around going to the gym um, and exercise, but there are a lot of non-movement activities out there that you can do such as just relaxing watching Netflix, um, calling a friend, hanging out with a friend. So anything like that, that wouldn't, you know, include uh, a lot of movement. And, you know, for me, I was always a, a gym goer in the morning. So a new morning routine really helped me instead of getting up and going right to the gym, I would sit, read a book, um, just relax, maybe do some very, very gentle stretching, uh, maybe some meditation. Uh, So, you know, that's what helped me. But really that mindset shift there is that rest is going to get you healthy again, and it's going to help bring your period back. And, you know, saying to yourself, if I rest and and I heal my body, I will feel better 
you know, and in the future you can exercise again. So I think a lot of women sometimes get afraid that, you know, they're never going to be able to exercise again. And that's not entirely true. But, you know, is using uh, exercise as stress relief, it's important to find new ways uh, because the exercise you're doing is causing stress to your body and your body feels unsafe to turn your hormones back on. So, like I said, those those tips of mine and that mindset shift is that rest is resting is more doing than you actually uh think you're doing and it is so healthy for your body but at the same time I know how hard it is to go against society's norms of got to go to the gym every day or got to exercise every day and right now for you if you're missing your period that is not your healthy yeah yeah all of that resonated deeply with me as well (laughs) I feel like I probably have all of these mindsets Um, and for me like to journal down those mindset shifts was always really helpful. So like sit there and and be like, I'm feeling, writing down, I'm feeling anxious that I haven't exercised today. But, or, and I know that this is what I need to do to get my period back. Like bringing it back to your why was so helpful for me. I love that one. And journaling is great too. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I did do a lot of that when I was in recovery as well. So you have to journal because you need to be able to like write down and see objectively how crazy you are (laughs) when you're you're like, these are my thought patterns. Okay, cool. So how about that moment or those moments where you put on some of your clothes and you notice they're starting to get a little tight? Uh, yes, that, that is a big, big struggle for, for so many women, especially going into your closet and, you know, seeing all these, these clothes that maybe used to fit you or, you know, people complimented you. in. so, you know, that mindset shift there is really letting go of those clothes that no longer fit you. Uh, and, that, you know, it'll help you back away from the idea that you really belong in them. And clothes are just clothes, you know, and the sizes Mm -hmm. they put on them, you know, as a society as a whole, we're, we're taught that we need to fit a certain thin ideal. And, you know, when, when that doesn't happen, we have a million things going off in our head. So, you know, the biggest thing for me, for so many other women that I've worked with or talked with that getting rid of those clothes that no longer fit and putting them aside, donating them and, you know, putting clothes on that really make your body feel comfortable. I'll give you an example for me when I used to work, um, I used to work as a clinical dietitian years ago. And when my work clothes didn't fit me correctly, or they didn't feel that, that right feeling, you know, they cut around my stomach or maybe gave me uh, a little bit of an overhang with my belly that would seriously ruin my whole day. Like everything would be off. I would be mad at my patients. I would just I would restrict my food because obviously I was gaining weight. Um, So as soon as I got rid of those clothes and I actually put clothes on that made my body feel good, my mindset shifted alone. So I would say the biggest thing to do is, you know, put those clothes away, but don't save them saying, well, I may fit back into them. Get rid of those clothes and, and donate them, whatever you want to do with them and get some clothes that make your body feel good you know, you're comfortable and you look good in your yoga pants. And if that's what you want to wear, just wear that. 
feel good and comfortable above all else. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Exactly. Snack guilt. <laughs> yeah. Just to put it simply. Uh-huh. So snack guilt. So here's the first thing. No labeling of foods. So that mindset shift there is food is just food. Okay. Yeah, you can call it a snack. You can call it a meal. But food, at the end of the day, food is just food. So we have in our minds that we can only eat certain foods at certain times. And that isn't true. That's just what our silly head is telling us at these silly rules we made up. Uh, For example, when I used to um, work a full-time job in clinical, I would have a very regimened snack and I could only have this many calories and I could only have it at a certain time. Uh, And, Hmm. you know, if, if I got hungry for lunch a bit earlier, well, I couldn't eat my lunch then because it was snack time. Well, first mindset shift, do not label food. If you are hungry, eat. Bottom line. And the more food for you right now, the more your body will begin to heal. So again, that self-talk of, you know, talking back to yourself or even journaling down, the more food, the more my body will heal. You know, food is just food. Uh, Food is my medicine right now. So, you know, just, just things like that and trying to, trying to not label that food as anything other than, other than food. Worrying about the opinions of others and the fit image. So like, what is the fit image as well? Yeah. So often I was just on actually on um, the phone with a potential client. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. I am today and 
she said, you know, one of the things I'm really worried about is when I go back to work that people have seen that I have gained weight. They know, they know me as so-and-so, you know, the fit girl that, Mm. you know, is always working out and is so disciplined, you know, passes up on the office birthday party cake, et cetera. Uh, So, you know, this, this is so common for so many women. I struggled with this too. Um, I was one of the top female athletes at my CrossFit gym. I thought everyone was going to think, oh my gosh, what happened to Cynthia or uh, why is she not working out? Um, To my closest friends there, I shared the truth with them. They totally understood. But still, I thought for so long, what am I, oh my gosh, you know, what are people going to think if they see I've gained weight? I'm supposed to be this dietitian. Because gaining weight means that like something bad happened in your life. Yeah. It's like... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so asking yourself what do why do other people's opinions matter? So dig deep for a minute and say why does it matter what what others think of me? Especially if I'm trying to better myself and get healthy. So, you know, that mindset shift is that most of us have been trained and programmed to think that you are defined by the way you look on the outside and that whatever you look like on the outside must define the person you really are. And that's not true because you're so much more than what's on the outside. I bet you're loving, you're caring, you're inspirational. And I know you're a type A perfectionist because every single HA woman is. Um, So you know, I know that's, that's a, uh, maybe another topic, uh, we could, uh, talk about another time, Danny, that type a perfectionist, but, you know, thinking why does my image matter so much, uh, to, to others and to myself when right now this image is not healthy. I'm not healthy. I'm not getting a period. So, you know, shifting that mindset to how would my life look like if I did have a period and I wasn't, you know, always focused on what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat, what time can I eat and all these other things that are filling up this mental space. So, you know, that is so much more freeing. And once you get there, you will definitely feel the same way. Yeah. And it's often one of those things where like, you usually have this fear of losing your fit image and the opinion of others before you've really taken any actions. And when, when you start to, your body actually does start to change or you do start to share what you're doing with others. You are always, almost always completely surprised by people's reactions. And from my experience, personally, my journey of, gaining weight and I have very openly shared my story and actually what it's done has helped other people my one of my good friends and her episode comes out soon too she just got pregnant and she shares how none of that would have happened if I hadn't introduced this concept and just like screamed about HA from the rooftops to people for her to look at herself in her fit image and think and think oh I I think this is me and now she's pregnant like me obsessing about being smaller and hiding away counting all of my calories and binging restricting and all of that good stuff that comes with it none of that would have helped a single person 
But having already in the very short period of time we've had this podcast, the when we were talking about hobbies earlier, starting hobbies, I, I took up illustration again, something I told myself I didn't care about anymore because mm-hmm. I was like too busy. And those illustrations have changed, you know, thought opinions and thought processes and helped other people. All the things that came out of HA recovery for me have had an impact for the greater good. And all the things I was doing before did nothing for anyone. (laughs) And it's just like, unfortunately, this is something you need to do in order to see the benefits. Yes. But they're there. And I promise everyone (laughs) that you'll only you'll only experience good things from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? When you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, it is. It sucks. It's Mm. tough, right? Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You know, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't change, change my journey for the world because like you said, now I'm able to help so many women, so many other people, and help those people help other people. My sister-in-law who struggled from HA, she owns a online cheerleading company and mm. with 20 over 25,000 followers on her Instagram, she was able to share her story with that whole community. So that I said alone, you know, not only have you done your self-service of healing, but all the other women you're impacting is just amazing. And, you know, she, she finally has come to terms with it because she was afraid. She was afraid of that, losing that fit image that nobody would want to do her, her um, cheerleading workouts because she had shared her body image struggles Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And she said, Oh my gosh, you know, I struggled that I struggled for it was for so long because I was afraid it would affect my business. Um, But now it only helped her business. Yes. And there are many examples of that. Yeah. Yeah. Where like fit girl gone. I don't even know what you call it. Fit girl gone, not conventionally fit girl, like fit in a different way girl. And it's, it's helped so many people's businesses because now you're not just promoting your product through the insecurities of others. Mm -hmm you're promoting your product through empowering people to move through like through their insecurities. It's just so much more fulfilling. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, I love it. Sorry about the side tangent there. All right, guys. What about timing of foods and that thought process of, oh, I'm still hungry, but I just ate? Oh, yes. Another very super, super common and this was me. This is so many of the women I work with or I've talked to, um, and timing. Okay. So let me just throw this out here really quick. If you had to go to the bathroom, which is a normal biological function, just like hunger is, you had to go to the bathroom. Oh, sorry. It's not time to go to the bathroom yet. You just went to the bathroom. Now, how silly. Sometimes I do think that. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, but I still go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, there's times I, I, I can push the limits and, and hold it before I actually go, but you eventually, you know, will, will go. So um, not the best analogy, but I think, I think, you know, where no, I'm it is, from. it is actually because you think you need to go and you think, oh, that's so weird. Like uh, you don't 
have any morals about it. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Yes, I need yeah. to pee again. What's that about? You go, but you don't yeah, have you, feelings around it. No, and you you definitely don't like have this 10-minute conversation with yourself like, well, I just ate. Well, I had a carbohydrate. <laughs> I can't have a banana because I just had a banana, you know, and before you know it, 10 minutes have passed by. So you definitely don't have to do that and you don't do that when you have to go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> so again, you know, comparing that that bathroom piece to the hunger. So why are we denying our hunger even if we just ate? So, you know, the backstory on that is we've been programmed to, you know, be healthy, um, to ignore our body's hunger, to chew a piece of gum, to drink water. Um, you know, if the food doesn't fit your criteria or society's criteria of healthy, no, sorry, you, you can't, you can't eat way too soon. You know, so hunger is really our way, you know, our body's way of telling us it needs food. So, you know, just like that, the analogy is said, you know, when we have to go to the bathroom and we're like, okay, I got to pee. That's our body's way of saying it's time to go to the bathroom. So, you know, hunger is a signal our body sends to us when we need more food. And when you are recovering your period, it doesn't matter if you ate five minutes ago. If you feel hungry, you need to act on that because the more you do that, the more your body is going to trust you to say, all right, I'm getting enough food. And it can slowly get back to trying to turn your hormones back on. So, and that mindset shift there is saying, you know, again, you know, food, food is my fuel. Food is going to bring me to, to my, you know, authentic health. Uh, Cause I think the word health just, you know, sort of gets a little bit crazy because here we are, all of us trying to be healthy, but we're turning ourselves unhealthy, but that authentic health to where you are having a period, you feel comfortable around all foods, you feel, you know, exercise is something you do because it feels good for your body, not because you, you have to do it. Uh, so, you know, really, it doesn't matter what time it is, pay attention to your hunger and not the clock because it's, it's just your mind that is, is playing, I guess, if you want to say games with you. So don't deny that. The less you deny it, the more you will move um, forward in your, your period recovery. Hmm. Cool. And how about intuitive eating with intentional eating? Yeah. So I actually just posted um, on my Instagram not too long ago, like a little Venn diagram of intentional eating um, with a nutrition plan versus intuitive eating. Because sometimes intuitive eating will get sort of uh, mixed reviews for HA recovery because during HA recovery, if all we did was listen to our hunger, we may not be getting adequate calories in. So it's important that we also take that intentional hunger into account. So for example, if we went, you know, longer than three or four hours without eating and we're not hungry, we need to eat. And a lot of times, depending on your history of how you came to have HA in the first place, whether it be, you know, a severe eating disorder, uh, your hunger cues can lie dormant for a while and we we can't yet trust them. But the more we do always listen to our body when we're hungry and we intentionally eat to make sure we're getting adequate fuel, the sooner our body can go back to and us to go back to completely relying on our hunger and fullness cues. Mm, yeah, I like this one. I did get a question recently from a girl who was basically like, um, I'm trying to, I want to get to intuitive eating, but every time I go to intuitive eating, I lose my period again, but I'm 
doing this intentional eating thing, I'm just so stuffed, which, you know, brings us back to that earlier example of stop eating such high volume foods then. Um, yes. And <laughs> damn vegetables out of your diet. Not completely. You can still hit a little bit, but vegetables, they're, they are very high in volume and not a lot of calories. And I know that's what we were taught to do, but right now that's not your healthy. Yeah. If, if eating a bunch of vegetables is like super, is super important to you at this stage, maybe yeah, make green smoothies that have also got like bananas in them and Yes. Eat potatoes and yes, or add lots and lots of butter and cheese to your vegetables. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, make them extra tasty. Yes, <laughs> cool. Okay, let's do one more, which is the big one. It's the big, it's the big inner dialogue that everyone has. It's mm-hmm. the mother of all issues, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being, af- I'm afraid of gaining weight. Yes. And all those, you know, things we just touched upon are really the underlying factors of, you know, the fear of the weight gain. So, you know, the food timing, the over-exercising, the ideal, you know, fit image, all that stuff is because most of us are afraid to to gain the weight. Um, and if we're not quite afraid, we, we do still have a bit of reservations about it. Uh, so how do we we really get out of that that thought process? Um, and that mindset shift of is thinking and picturing your dream life versus your dream body. So mm-hmm. uh, picture this, you know, you are able to wake up and without even thinking, just go have something to eat. You're not thinking about what it has to be, how much, how many calories, when your next meal is going to be, when you're going to go to the gym, how you're going to burn it off, the dinner that you have planned with your friends tonight. So I I could go on and on. All these things that are rattling through your mind, okay? Then take your 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 dreams and your aspirations. Uh, for me, it was becoming a mom one day, and um, you know, really trying to help other women, you know, heal their missing periods. Uh, and I can tell you that none of that would have been possible if I didn't get over that fear of gaining weight and really, you know, dreaming out my dream life versus my dream body. Because like you said before, Danny, when you were, you know, in the thick of it, you know, you were controlling food, et cetera, et cetera, that didn't benefit anybody, including yourself. So, you know, getting a a taste of what that freedom looks like, uh, whether it be having, you know, a pint of ice cream that's been in your freezer that you have, you know, some and you don't feel guilty about it. You know, you're going to a birthday party, um, you know, for your best friend and she's got your favorite cake that you're able to eat that cake and not have any guilt about it. Those things, those little things add up and I can promise you that they are so that mental space and your dream life is so much more fun and carefree and loving and everything, every other positive, you know, word I can think of uh, versus having that dream body and societal's ideal of what we're supposed to um, look like. Mm, okay. So the shift there is really thinking about, okay, you're, you know, do all of your goals for your body align with all of the goals you have for your life? And which one do you want to put first? It's usually a pretty clear answer. Cause like, as you were saying, 
you wake up in the morning and think about what you're going to eat and then how you're going to work it off and that you've got this event tonight. You got like, I was so stressed just listening to all of those things. Like how much time and energy is that taking up in your life and how can you possibly get anything else of value done? Yeah. And you know, to all those uh, mamas to be or women that want to be moms that are having trouble conceiving, I can tell you, you know, healing the underlying issue of my HA before I became a mom has allowed me so much more mental space for my children, be able to really, you know, focus on my baby and not what, you know, society has deemed, because that's another hurdle to jump over where, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. Now I got to fit into my pre-pregnancy genes. No, no. And then you miss out on that, that beautiful time of, of having this newborn that lasts for like two seconds. Um, so, you know, that, that mental space in, in thinking about all the amazing things that could come out of it, um, and all the parties maybe you missed or the times with your friends because you had to go to bed early because you had to go to the gym in the morning. Uh, so there's so much more to life than worrying about what you're eating what exercise you're doing and what your your body looks like. And you are so much more than all of that. So this really brings us to a great point about working with a professional, someone like yourself. There's a lot of options for people, which is a big part of what this show is about. It's about kind of showcasing the different types of professionals that people can work with to, and, and figuring out which one sounds like a good fit for you as the listener. But at the end of the day, you know, you could go through and, and white knuckle it and sit in the discomfort of resting more and eating more and get your period back and like success, like that's great. But if you haven't done any of the inner work to heal your those thought processes of those hang-ups you have around food and those hang-ups you have around your body, I mean, you're set, you're kind of set up to one day slip back potentially into this situation or to just be feeling unhappy in the body that you're in and feeling like you've had to really sacrifice and comp and compromise. And don't get me wrong. Like there is so the sacrifice is legitimate, but to be able to come to peace with it, you know, it's just not something that I believe many people can do on their own. And so enlisting the help of a professional, not just to help you, you know, figure out like the foods that are best for you and what your underlying underlying causes are and everything, but to help you when you do eventually heal, to be able to move on in a, in a healthy frame of mind. So how can people work with you? Where could they find you and anything else you wanted to add on to that? Absolutely. Thank you, Danny. So really, like you had mentioned, it's so amazing that you're showcasing all these professionals because when you are going to embark on, you know, your period recovery journey and really heal the underlying um, issues, you really want to feel comfortable with the person that you are working with. So a lot of us, um, you know, out there, including myself, we offer uh, free discovery calls to where, you know, we talk about your biggest problems. We, we, we establish that, you know, relationship to see, are we a good fit together? Because you need to feel comfortable with your practitioner and you need to feel like you can trust and you can just feel like you can relate to them. Uh, Because for many of us, it's like, you know, you almost feel lost 
during this journey. It's like, you know, I don't really have many people to talk to about this. So, you know, trust um, and feeling comfortable is important with whoever you you, uh, do work with. So, and secondly, where you can find me is um, on Instagram, period.nutritionist. And I also help admin uh, the No Period Now What Facebook group with Dr. Rinaldi, um, along with some other really amazing um, young women. So that's another place to find me. And how I typically work with women right now is on a one-on-one basis and through a three-month um if you want to call it package or subscription, whatever, uh, because I, I used to offer that just a month to, okay, let's get our periods back. And then I'm like, no, I, I can't. I'm doing so many women a disservice by not really helping them heal the underlying reason of why their period went missing in the first place and establish a healthy relationship with food and exercise. So after those three months, or I've had women work with me longer, that they're able to be self-sufficient and not, you know, have any relapses when it comes um, uh, to a missing period. So that's, that's right now. Um, In the future, I will be working on group programs to where, you know, you are able to join a community of women uh, just like yourself that are trying to recover their periods. But I do believe I will always offer that one-on-one because some women just need extra support um, than, than other women. Thank you very much. That was awesome. This entire conversation has been so great. I hope people got not just some helpful ideas, but also just felt validated that they're not alone with these common thoughts where we're all struggling. We all have some combination of them and go check out Cynthia and have a chat with her. She would absolutely love to talk about periods with you more. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.